What's up, y'all? You are listening to Black on the Prowl on 88.5 FM WCUG. I am Kenny B, and I'm joined by my co-host. What's up, y'all? You already know it's your girl, Lo. And Melly Mel. And today we're joined with our program director, Doria Lacey. Woo-woo! Yeah, okay. Hi, everybody. Okay. Hello. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to start off with our quote for today. I am lucky that whatever fear I have inside of me, my desire to win is always stronger. Mm. Serena Williams. Mm-mm. That's, That's powerful such a right beautiful there. quote. Powerful. And I have three facts for you guys today. Ooh. So, February 21st, 1933, Nina Simone was born. She was a musician and activist. And one of my yes, favorite Nina. songs that she sings is I Put a Spell on You. I Put a Spell on No, wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have W.E.B. Du Bois. Born on the 23rd of February in 1868, he was one of the founders of the, he was one of the founders of the NAACP, and he was one of the first he was the first black man to receive a doctorate from Harvard University. And he said it was Harvard's on Yes, sir. Yes, Harvard. sir. Harvard. All right. Need me to find myself. And then myself speaking of university, Mel. Sorry, I need me a Harvard man. <laughs> But you got a date. You'll be able to find one, Mel. Will she? <laughs> Not in Columbus. Not in Columbus. <laughs> Need me a Morehouse, man. That you don't sounds want no more feasible. Okay, more let's feasible. go back to the facts. Yep, our last fact is speaking of university, we have Cheney University of Pennsylvania, which was founded on the 25th of February in 1837. It's the nation's oldest historically black university. And when it was founded, it was initially called the African Institute. Oh, yep. Those are our black facts brought to you from blackfacts.com. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and slide into today's story. Slide into today's story. We are going to be discussing Gail King. Oh, mm. boy. This has been quite the controversy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. All right. So. Look at love. She's just getting ready. Lord, mm-hmm. She's getting ready. ready. Going, isn't she? <laughs> oh, I'm talking nervous. about this for the last few weeks. Gail King, as we all probably are aware, has been in the news lately over some controversy regarding an interview she recently had with WNBA player Lisa Leslie. For those of you who don't know, Lisa Leslie was a very close friend of the late Kobe Bryant. CBS released a clip of the interview where Gail seems to ask Leslie how she feels about his quote unquote complicated legacy, given the fact that Kobe Bryant had dealt with rape allegations back in 2003, 2004. Gail later posted a video expressing her irritation with CBS over the clip because apparently the clip does not accurately reflect the entirety of the interview. Mm-hmm. She's been getting a lot of backlash from not just regular people, but a lot of celebrities also. She and Snoop Dogg got into it. Yep. He did later apologize. I will say he did later apologize because he said some stuff he shouldn't have said. But that was out of hand. This mm-hmm. issue for me brings up the issue of black people tearing down black people. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I watched the clip and I heard the stuff that Gail King said. And could you could you could you give me a rundown? You want a rundown? Yeah. Basically, she feel she was asking Lisa Leslie if she felt like his legacy was complicated because he allegedly did this very bad thing. To a woman, in which Lisa Leslie responded, she does not feel that his legacy is complicated because that's not the man she knew as her friend. She mm-hmm. did not know a Kobe Bryant who would violate women. Mm-hmm. 
And Gail King just kept pushing it and pushing mm-hmm. it where it's like, but doesn't it doesn't it make his Lexi a little complicated? But also, Gail King, should you be discussing that with his friend a couple of days after he's passed away and his wife hasn't buried him or her child yet? Well, we're in the moments of like celebrating the life that he has had. Mm-hmm. Why tear down like like, why bring up all the bad things? Like, this man has passed away. Like, if you really had something to say, say why he was alive. Exactly. And that's what she said. And she brought that up, too. She brought that point where she was like, I feel... She expressed that she felt like if people wanted to continue to bring up this issue, it should have been brought up when he was here to defend himself. Exactly. Not yeah. now that he is gone. Now that he's and gone. And he can't speak for himself. What, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Like, he's gone. Yeah. Doria, what's your take on it? I think this is a very complicated issue. Um, Obviously, I feel like Gail could have had a lot more tact than she did. Mm -hmm. And she could have came at it, if she was going to discuss it, at least maybe from a different angle or phrased it a different way. But at the same time, I will say I am totally all here for... Black people loving on each other, supporting each other, being there for each other. But there are certain instances where if I know somebody else who is also black and they do something or they're accused of doing something that might not be a good thing, am I supposed to just automatically be on their side because they're black? Or should I call them out on their behavior? It's 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 a hard line to tell. Um, but I think it's important to hold people accountable whether they're also black or not. But obviously we're talking about being black in this case. So I will say I will always support my fellow black people. I love my people. I love us for real y'all. But if there's a case where you have, I feel like with Kobe, it's, it's mostly hard because he wasn't laid to rest yet. And so it came off as disrespectful and it was disrespectful to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. but I understand why she felt the need to talk about it. I will say I'm confused as to why she talked about it with Lisa Leslie because I don't my issue. I don't know what it has to do with the interview that Lisa signed up for originally because I'm sure yeah. it was booked like way before Kobe. It just mm. right. Un- unfortunately, it they did the interview right after Kobe's death and they had that connect. They they were friends. Right, right. Yeah. So I I do get her. I guess asking Lisa because it's like, well, he died. They were friends. I might as well ask her about her friendship. But I feel like. In this case, maybe she should have just focused on the friendship. But because right. she said what she said, it's 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 a lot. Um, but I'm going to end on um, saying that, I don't know. I feel like because I, um, and obviously I'm not like somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, but I have dabbled in broadcasting for the past two or three years and I have shadowed people um, at radio stations and, and TV stations in different areas. Not that that really matters right for this. But my point is that I know that a lot of times um, you have to ask the hard questions. Whether you even mm-hmm. believe in the question you're asking or not, sometimes you have to ask it. And so I don't I don't want to say I, I agree or disagree with Gail um, because I just there's just, it's so nuanced. Um but long story short, you just have to be aware of all you have to be aware of what you're saying and who you're saying it to and the circumstances surrounding the, the the bigger picture, the bigger conversation. And then choose um 
choose to take the higher road. Don't take the, well, it's hard. I don't want, I want to, I want to say don't take the journalistic route because the journalistic route is you're going to get the story however you can. Exactly. And that's what I and felt like she did. And that's right, my issue. Right. But I feel like right. she did what was necessary for the story. And what irritates me even more is the fact that CBS originally advised her to say nothing mm-hmm. as far as his previous allegations, his previous case, whatever. Mm-hmm. So for you to go ahead and go against that for you to publicly say they advised me to say nothing but i chose to say something and then get pissed off that they posted about the fact that you said something Mm -hmm. i don't feel like you have a basis for that and i'm and i'm just gonna be honest gail king like oprah steve harvey terry cruz like people like that i have an issue with she wants they want to have this mask on of i love my black people and i'm empowering my Mm -hmm. black people and i'm empowering women and da 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 and in the same instance will go against one of their brothers or sisters in the black mm-hmm. community for a dollar. Yeah. Selling out is real. You know, a lot of people sell out because it's, when you, you got to look at the world and the world is, it's, it's a white world. Yeah. It's a white world. So it, it's a lot of sacrifices you got to make, but the goal is to preserve your own morals. You know what I'm yeah. saying? To get to where you want to get. Like I, like I have, a, I know where I want to get. You know, and I and I want to be this person, this personality, this this actor, director. You know, but at the same time, at no point is anybody going to take my blackness away from me. Exactly. You know, I'm going to stay true to what my, what I value, even though I'm trying to go into this industry where they are going to try to you know make you do this and that to to, to like I say, the media is always trying to twist your words and twist everything to seem some type mm-hmm. of way. So no matter how they try to twist it, I'm going to stay true to myself. I you know? und- I understand. And the I feel media. like that's the goal. I understand the media can twist stuff sometimes, but when you're the interviewer and you're the one carrying the conversation and you choose to bring that up in the conversation and you choose to make that woman sit there and have to defend her friend, her deceased friend, exactly. mm-hmm. like days after his passing, not, not to take Lisa Leslie out of the equation. Right. And just bring up, think about the simple fact that Vanessa Bryant had to sit there all. and watch mm-hmm. that woman disrespect her husband on national television. Mm-hmm. Take exactly. take the whole fact that Lisa Leslie had to sit through it out of that. Think about the fact that Vanessa Bryant probably had social media tags and phone calls and emails from people, and she had to hear about this continuously while she's grieving the death of her husband and her child. And she's like watching yeah. TV, and it pops up YouTube and commercials, child, right. little ads on Google, and stuff right? Like that, because that yes, this does affect. Um, what am I trying to say? This kind of thing, like obviously, like. Her disrespecting Kobe's legacy, if that's what you want to call it, is bad. But you also have to consider the people who he left behind. Exactly. Because they are going to be around in the aftermath of all of this stuff. And so they have to live through his death and through the media circus that surrounds it. And so um, it's just it's 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 there's a lot to consider here. Yeah. This is just I feel like this is just a consistent thing with Gail King with just like the Oprah situation with her doing the Russell Simmons documentary about his alleged sexual, you can do a documentary on Russell Simmons, but not once has Oprah publicly addressed the fact that she's worked with Harvey Weinstein on multiple things. And there's actually documented evidence against Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein is sitting in court every doggone week because Mm -hmm. there's actually documented issues. You have no problem tearing down that white man, but you're going to tear down this black man over some al- over some allegations. Exactly. And I think part of it is kind of, it goes back to what I was saying 
about um, it just being a white world, and it's it's a it's a big risk you're taking. For her to do the same thing against Harvey Weinstein, she's looking at a big risk she's taking going against you know some white folks because they can come back with something that's gonna take her out the out the game. But you do something against another black person, and then they gonna praise you because that's what they want. They want they want us to tear each other down, you right. know. So and and that's one thing that you have to look at when you're going into, like I say, going into this industry. You gotta be prepared to take risk for your people because you're gonna have to because they're gonna want you to go against. They're gonna want us to go against each other, you know. So. Yeah, I think the general consensus here is that all these people who are in the limelight need to keep the same energy with everybody who mm-hmm. gets in the position of being accused of something or another. So if you're mm-hmm. gonna go after one person. You got to go after the other. You have yep. to. You have to. My God, this is just, this is a lot. Like, um, yeah. it, it just, it's a consistent. It's, it's a consistent thing, you right? You can right. bring up the Gail King and the it. Kobe thing. You can bring up the Oprah and the Russell Simmons thing. You can bring up Terry Crews and his thing with Gabrielle Union, mm-hmm. with the whole America's Got Talent thing. Yeah, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't sit in my face and scream black power and we need to stick together. And then also in that same sense, go on national television, play, well, I don't know what she's talking about. Well, I've, I never experienced that. And I'm cool with the company and da, da, da. like, I'm not, if you've never experienced something, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I accept that fact. Mm-hmm. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to sit up there and be like, well, that's my friend. And I support her and blah, blah, blah. In one interview. And then go on another interview and be like, well, I, I don't know what to say about those allegations. And, and like you, there's no loyalty, is my issue. Yeah. What do you, What are you thinking, Mel? Um, me personally, like I didn't get a chance to like watch the interview, but hearing it, I choose not to entertain those things. Like, yeah, I choose to right. like the man passed away. I'm not going to listen to people tear him down at all, mm-hmm. whatsoever, or tear each other down. I kind of just, I mean, from my perspective, like let that man just rest mm-hmm. along with his daughter and just leave it there yep. and carry it out. Yeah. And then one thing I want to go back to is uh, something that Doria was saying earlier when you're talking about um, how you can't just like defend people because they're black. Um, And I feel like with that, because that is the truth, because there is there is a sense of because, you know, this is my brother or this is my sister. I was going to make even though they might be in the wrong, you know, I'm going to make sure that they, you know, don't look like they in the wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think with that part, the, the biggest thing with with like this situation is that's the kind of stuff that you do on the side. That's yeah. like if if I see anybody like cutting out and like our like we black, so we already got, you know, strikes against us just because we black, you know. Mm-hmm. So I bring you to the side and say you got to get right because we we are we got to tread lightly. Like I said before, you got to tread lightly. And I feel like the biggest problem with this situation is that it was public. You know, going out in front of everybody and saying and tearing somebody down is not it's, it's destructive, you know, rather than being constructive and just telling somebody, you know, just one-on-one that they are in the wrong and they got to do better and telling, because that's more of a, you know, build somebody up, trying to make somebody better rather than showing everybody how bad somebody is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Painting this picture of how bad somebody could be. I yeah. get what you're saying, Kenny, and I agree that in some cases you have to take people aside off the air or however you want to call it if you're in the industry and you have to, say the news or say whatever instead of like airing all the dirty laundry for the world to hear. I get that. Uh, but at the same time, 
there are some cases where I do believe that it is important to let the entire world know that, hey, this person did something and it's bad and they need to be reprimanded for the bad thing that they did. So I feel like this is just like a, a case by case basis. And I think it's also important to know that as far as the Kobe Bryant thing goes, uh, back not, not the time, not the place. Is- I do feel like that's a part of it as well. Yes, that's not what I was going to say, but... Finish your thought. Finish your thought. But, no, I, I'm not disagreeing. Um, what I was going to say was, uh, people might not want to hear what I'm about to say, but I just have to... I, I'm trying to look at things from all sides. Mm-hmm. So, back when the incident allegedly happened, um, I think right after like the case was dismissed, Kobe put out a statement. And in that statement, Kobe says something along the lines of he, from his perspective, he didn't see it as him violating her. But I think he said, and um, I need to look into this. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure I saw online like a couple of days ago that in the statement, he also said, even though he didn't see it as him violating her, he respects her perspective and how she feels and he could have misconstrued the signals and all that, blah, blah, blah. So he didn't say that he did it, but he said that he could see that maybe there is a window where somehow things got, there was a misunderstanding. And so he acknowledged that in his statement. But then he also went on to say that um, from that point on, like he was going to be way more self-aware, like way more, he was going to change basically um, for the better. Um, And he did. And it's also important to acknowledge that Yes, that was a thing that happened. Uh, but overall, as a person, Kobe Bryant was incredible. And that's, yep. I think, something that we need everybody to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like there's so much of, I don't want to say the white man, but the white man. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's so much of other people trying to tear us down Yeah, that we can't afford to tear each other down. Each other we can't down. afford to be sitting here calling each other out each other's names yeah. and being disrespectful, especially with this day and age and social media and everything where stuff travels fast. Like we can't mm-hmm. afford the negativity to be coming from us. Definitely. If anything, we need to be focusing on the positive. Like, you know what? Yeah, it happened. Do I condone what he did in 2003? Of course not. I don't condone that behavior, but do you take it from, put yourself in, I guess, Kobe's shoes. Do you want to be defined by one thing that you did your whole life? Mm-hmm. Do you want people, is that all you want people to see you exactly. as, as one mistake that you made your whole life? Yep. And then one other thing with it is that it was in the past. And, and, and as Doyle was saying, it was, it was, yeah, that happened. It seems like he addressed it. And then all this time comes by and then he dies and you want to bring it back up out of the, out of the water, you know? So I feel like that's another part of it is like kind of letting things rest when they happen. I think that's with all, all these situations they pull out, when they pull the stuff on Cosby, when they pull the stuff on well, all the other people. I, I, I mean, I, not, I, not, I, not I, even bringing uh, Cosby into right, it. Not even bringing Cosby into it. I think but a, a saying, better way would be like how they pull the stuff out, how they pull the stuff out, like, like how we talked about with Kevin, like right as even he was about to host the Oscars, to do something, they pull, pull something that, out. On you. That, that's all I was saying. No, that's all I was saying. The, uh, I was, uh, the, that's the Kev- that's better, but the Bill Cosby did. I'm just the saying. The Kevin I'm, and the Bill Cosby. Nah. What I'm saying is, but we don't the, get there's to the a Cosby big difference. The, there's a big Cosby difference. Today. Those people are still alive to defend themselves. Yes, he's not. That is another part of it. That is a big a big part of it. So you can't compare it to them because he's not alive to defend himself. Yes, he's 
God. Right. And then also, this is going to be my last statement, y'all, and I'm going to bow out. Um, I think it's important to note that not all media professionals jumped on Kobe. I think it's important Mm -hmm. because I read a lot of articles that were actually really insightful and they discussed the good and the bad, but the way that they did it, the way it's all on the approach, the way that they discussed it was nuanced. I feel like it's a word I'm going to keep using because it's just, I love that word, but (laughs) it was like the way they discussed it was, yes, this happened. We're going to acknowledge it. Uh, but we're also going to acknowledge the good and we're we're going to discuss the the good, the bad, the ugly, all that. But at the end of the day, he's unfortunately gone. And so we are going to try and I don't know, just focus on the good that he did and all that. Like, yeah. yes, this happened, but there's so much more to him. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't overlook it, which is good, I think, because I don't I don't think I hope the point of this isn't to say that nobody should be acknowledging it at all because it's something that happened in his lifetime. And when Mm -hmm. somebody dies, a part of unfortunately like taking on their death is going through all the things that happened. If they're a celebrity while they were in the limelight and that is something that happened while he was in the limelight. Is it a good thing that happened? No, but it's something that happened. And so people are going to discuss it naturally. Uh, But I just, I really just wanted to note that not all people in the media had bad takes. There were mm-hmm. quite a few good takes. Yeah, I just no, I, I think the main thing to take from all this is well, one, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the first lesson. And all, like we need to stop tearing definitely. each other down. Definitely. We need to be uplifting everybody in our fellow, especially if you are somebody with a platform or you are establishing a platform for yourself. Mm-hmm. Use that platform for something positive. Exactly. And I say even with like this is the challenge everybody just, you know, your average person who might not have a platform or, you know, all that. Just in everyday life, make sure that you're doing things that uplift each other. You know, you don't want to tear each other down. Yes. So whether like like one of y'all said earlier, social media, when you're in your classes, when you're like like us in theater, when we're doing like shows and whatnot. I got it. Make sure that you're uplifting people. What, what you got, Matt? Learn not to- male, though. Learn wow. to let stuff <laughs> learn wow. learn to let stuff go. Let not, stuff go. Not and you know what? Just also with us talking go. about the media and everything, your Just personal feelings be. don't always need to be on they your don't social need to be media. On social of course. media. Your personal you feelings feel, are personal. How you feel about maybe your roommate pissed you off or you and your friend are having an argument or something. Don't don't post about it. Don't post about media. it on your private Snapchat story because there's ops that, out here. Exactly. I see it too. You know what I'm talking about? Personal. There's ops out here. Personal. So we gotta understand what's personal and what's not personal. Focus on the focus on the positive people. Yeah. Yes. Instead of tearing down, yeah. Instead of tearing down, let's build up. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about like the best selling movies, uh, best selling African American movies, okay. which is really crazy because like to me, looking at this list, like most of it is Eddie Murphy. Because Eddie Murphy is awesome. Yes. Yeah, at number Murphy, one, at number one is coming to America, and, and for one, yeah. for them, they saw. They had they made um two hundred eighty one no wait yeah two hundred eighty one million four hundred forty two thousand and twenty four dollars for the box office ticket sales and that's four dollars and eleven back at that time mm-hmm. so it'll be about five hundred ninety five million today wow and then the next one goes on to be Doctor Doolittle and then yeah, yeah, Doctor, the then one. the Nutty Professor exactly okay. After that, you already know it's Bad oh, Boys 2. Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 2 then, was a good Bad then Boys. Then it's Bad Boys. 
and then go back to the nutty professor, the clumps. Yeah. The wow. professor and then Eddie Murphy, boomerang. And I'm not shocked. Boomerang the color purple is at the number at number eight. Okay. And Big Mama House. <laughs> I love Big Mama House. And number nine. And then wow. Straight out of Compton at ten. Okay. Wow. You see that? A lot of people did go out for straight out of Compton. Yes. I'm shocked that Black Panther isn't on there. Me if I'm too. being honest. Because um, Black shocked. Panther came out with a big uh with a big a big hit. Yeah. It's black people. We love our movies. And I know it, it was one of the um best selling movies for that year that it came out. It was one of the best selling movies. Yeah. But closing out this show, we do want to have some really quick honorable mentions. For starters, Aquila and the Bee. Yes. Aquila and the Bee opens today, you guys. So you guys, make sure you come yes, to the Springer Opera yes. House. I'm okay. in the McClure Theater. I will be playing the judge at the Spelling Bees yes. as well as the TV announcer at Our the very National own Bees. Kenny B. Going to be in the yes. show. So you yeah, guys, he got the come. voice for it. <laughs> you guys, Asta. please come see Aquila and the Bee at the Announcer. Springer. And also next week, Milk Like Sugar, Milk like sugar. will be coming out on the CSU Theater stage. Yes, so please, please come out and your girl, yes. Lo. Will be in the show. Yes, Lauren oh, is there. Course, we have of course. The entire cast is beautiful. Male. And this is an all black cast, so come out and support your fellow black students. Directed by Beth Reeves. Yes, the Who was in Fences just a little while ago. Alrighty, <laughs> well, please enjoy your week and tune back in next week for Black on the Prowl. Enjoy Black History Month. Black on the Prowl was produced by Doria Lacey with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communications Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. You can listen to this show and other shows on 88.5 FM, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters WCUG.